From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Adler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg as uh, my delightful co-host on the line. And we are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we're very excited to have Dr. Jim Lair on the phone. He is the co-founder of the Human Performance Institute. And he has worked with hundreds of world-class performers from the arenas of business, sport, medicine, law enforcement, including uh, Fortune 100 executives. He has also worked with FBI hostage rescue teams. Maybe we'll get him to talk about that, Army Special Forces. And he's the author of several books on mental and physical training for peak performance, uh, including The Power of Full Engagement. I'm sure many of you listeners have read that. And then today we're going to focus on uh, the Power of Story. Dr. Lair possesses a master's degree and doctorate in psychology and serves on several scientific boards. He's a full member of American Psychological Association, the American College of Sports Medicine, the National Strength and Conditioning Association, and the Association of, of Advancement of Applied Sports Psychology. And Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership uh, topics. That's why we, we worked hard to get Dr. Jim Lair. And we also want to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Relly. It's an honor to be here today and to welcome Jim to the show. I'm a big fan of his and have been using the power of full engagement for some time, and so I'm very much looking forward to hearing about his new work on the power of story. We all know that it's the story that we tell in life that helps people understand who we really are. It doesn't really matter a lot where we came from, but who we envision ourselves to be. So I'm delighted to be able to uh, to bring this to our listeners. And as you said, Relly, you know, we love to talk about evidence-based best practices. So one of the things I want to make sure all of our listeners are kind of just aware of as we go into this discussion is that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. And most leaders will tend to underestimate just how much influence they have over others and, well, sometimes as a result they can underperform. But just doing a few things differently can really improve not only your performance as a leader but your entire organization. One of the things that Raleigh and I love to do in all of our shows is bring you something about how to develop leaders, what happy companies know about performance, a little bit about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, and I think we're going to talk about that today. We also love to help you understand brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, generation and gender differences, work-life balance, and strategies, not only for managing yourself, but managing your boss. And we talk about tips and hopefully techniques that you can take away in every show. So today, without further ado, um, maybe, Relly, you can talk a little bit about some of the, um, maybe the statistics around leadership development and why we feel it's important for people to understand them before they engage in them. Okay, and before we bring, uh, bring on Dr. Jim Lair, we'll have him on just in a moment. 
why do we talk so much about leadership and leadership development? We know that leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over their team. And emotions are contagious. Like Kathy said, that's why we like to think that leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. And the key to being a star performer is someone who's in the top 10%. And ideally, that's using emotional intelligence when compared to how smart they are or their technical expertise. And if you can get you or your people that you report to you in the top 10%, someone in the top 10% produces twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th and 89th percentile. And when you are doing training alone, it can add about a 22% increase to productivity. But both Kathy and I are certified coaches, and you add coaching. Some of the research shows that it can add an 88% boost in productivity. And... Um, you can increase profit by increasing coaching networks inside your company in just one day. And some of the studies show that happiness, one of Kathy's key topics, is tied to profit by more than 30, 93%. And the key is to try to do some micro-initiatives, these small things that you can do differently. And, and I think Dr. Jim Lair has got some tips on what are some small things around that people can do differently. If you're interested in Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2c leadership for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. If you're interested in me, Dr. Riley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence uh, tools, free EI assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. Jim, welcome to the call. Well, thank you, Riley and Kathy. It's uh, great to be with you. So let me just add a little bit to your bio, and then we'll jump right in to um, some of the questions. So um, we see here that you've been uh, in many publications like Harvard Business Review, Business Week, Fortune, Newsweek, Time, U.S. News, World Report, Success, Fast Company. You've appeared on the NBC Today Show, uh, ABC's Nightline with Ted Koppel, CBS Evening News, Dan Rather, um, and CBS News and the Oprah Winfrey Show. So you're, you're a pro at, at all this. And you've also worked with key uh, athletes from the sporting worlds, like Mark O'Mara, Justin Rose, who are golfers, Jim Carrier, Monica Seles, who are uh, tennis players, uh, Ray Mancini, who's a uh, boxer, hockey players like Eric Lindros, and uh, Olympic gold medal speed skater, Dan Jansen. And also I know some folks who have been to the Human Performance Institute, which hopefully you'll get a little bit more opportunity to tell us about, and I know executives go there for a certain amount of time period. So let's just start off, uh, Jim, with some of the influences that you've had, maybe people in your life. We always like to start off with this. Who's kind of shaped your thinking around leadership? Well, it was an interesting. It's an interesting question, you know. When I when I think about uh, who I am and kind of how I got here, I, I have to say that I, I have so many memories of my father, who had conversations with me over and over and over again around this notion that all we have in life is our character, our integrity, and our honesty, and. Uh, that uh, he embedded that in the core of my soul to such an extent. I mean, it's literally the prism through which I see the world. And I have three three sons, and I uh, did everything that I could to try to communicate in the same way my father did for me that uh, uh, that particular stake in the ground. And I think it has, uh, boy, it has served me perhaps better than anything. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been. 
impressed by people who are integrators, people who can really think and pull together disparate thoughts and concepts. Uh, I would say probably the the book that I look to most frequently, it's a very old book, uh, but, a, but the guy, everyone's probably read it many, many times. I must have 50 copies of this book, and it's uh, Victor Frankl's book, A Man's Search for Meaning. Um, I, I felt like he was trying to put a context on all the suffering and all the things that we have to deal with as human beings. Uh, Joseph Campbell, what an enormously huge thinker and an integrator of uh, processes and differences in people's from language to uh, spirituality. Um, and then in, in psychology, I've been very much uh, interested in the big thinkers in terms of particularly the positive psychology from um, Marty Seligman's early work with learned optimism and his leadership with uh, the whole positive psychology, Barbara Fredrickson. Um, Stephen Covey's have been a very big, big thinker with his seven habits and, uh, uh, even Daniel Goldman's work with emotional intelligence and his integration of physiology with uh, with emotionality, and I I feel like those those are the things that the kind of directions that have um, kind of really spoke spoken to me and uh, spoken to me frequently about the importance of integration and how we have to avoid silo thinking. We've got to really understand the body is is a multidisciplinary, inter- fully integrated system, and we've got to look at everything um, in an integrated form as opposed to lots of separate pieces. Well, it's amazing to me that you and I have never met or spoken, and we have uh, so many of these great thinkers and influential people in common, because all of my books on the science of happiness have included every one of the wonderful people that you mm. spoke about, so it's, a, it's an honor. I, I really would love to know... Uh, more about the Human Performance Institute, mm-hmm. and uh, who is who is the target audience, and, and what are the main programs that you offer, uh, and how um, how might somebody engage the Human Performance Institute? Well, we uh, you know we we have um, four distinct populations. Probably the, the biggest population we have is dealing with executives and their families. Um, um, in helping them to uh, really uh, achieve what we we refer to as full engagement in their lives, to to really ignite this capacity that we have to uh, really focus our energy uh, and to uh, do it in a way that produces really very real measurable results, um, and uh, helping people to perform under stress without compromising their health and their happiness, to push the envelope but do so not at the, uh, the loss of their families or the loss of their health and their personal happiness. Um, we've also had and continue to do a fair amount of work in, in medicine. We do a lot of venues in medicine where it's mission critical, the ability to perform under pressure uh, time after time uh, without error uh, because personal lives are at stake and we do a fair amount of work in military uh, special forces training uh, helping people to make sure that they are engaged at critical moments of execution and uh, <clears throat> we've done a whole variety of work there that's very intriguing from national defense to um, national security and uh, um, and then we deal with professional athletes uh, from almost every conceivable sport to help them perform at the highest level under pressure. Um, and uh, so people can get become involved with us, uh, you know, simply by going to our website, um, 
you know, you can get it by uh, energyforperformance.com or um, in the in the corporate world, uh, corporateathlete.com, and uh, you can pretty much navigate through all the different options and choices. But uh, we've been around for about uh, um, in about over twelve years. We built a facility here in Orlando, and it's uh, it's an extraordinary campus, a nine acre campus that uh, we built specifically to help people understand how to how to train to expand their capacity to to work in high stress in, uh, arenas and to expand their capacity to make changes whenever they need to to equip themselves for the future. So Jim um, I just want to ask you before we get into maybe some of the other questions that we have um, and maybe we you can think about this uh, how did you get into all the performance issues you know you you and I mentioned we have a similar background uh both getting doctorates in counseling psychology, and I know I made my switch in the corporate world. I'd like to kind of hear how you made your switch, and then we can get into, after the break, um, some of the differences you may see between world-class athletes and corporate athletes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the, so the whole issue of performance, to, I, I really never had any... Jim, we're going to have to first go to a break. Sorry about, about okay. that. So let's, let's just come right back, and we'll, we'll get into all that. Okay, perfect. Bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
the Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're speaking with Jim Lair on the power of story. Jim, when we went to break, you were talking a little bit about uh, the Human Performance Institute, but I know that we wanted to get into a little bit about how you transitioned from really the, the kind of the work that you do as a, a therapist into the corporate world, and maybe what are some of the differences you see working with uh, people in um, what, what we might call the, the corporate athlete world. How's that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it was a you know very unusual kind of transition. Um, I was chief psychologist and executive director of a large community mental health center system that served the whole central and southern part of Colorado. And I started in that role. I started to get referrals from the from some professional Denver franchises to work with athletes who had gotten stuck and their careers, and they didn't want to go to a traditional psychologist or psychiatrist because uh, they were afraid of the the effect it might have and. On their, on their marketability or whatever. And I had played a lot of sport, and I knew a lot of sport people. And so I started working with some of these folks, uh, not knowing exactly what I was doing. And over a period of time, I absolutely became intoxicated with this application of psychology to human performance. And it literally opened up. I saw there were very few people in that space. And I said, you know, this is a career opportunity that is just unprecedented, and I began to pursue it, and uh, and it actually evolved over several years into uh, what I feel has been my my dream job, and uh, and I worked almost exclusively in the world of professional sport, and we developed a very significant business in that for many years, and then started to uh, apply that in the, the really the lessons that we learned uh, to what we call corporate athletes, and. It's such an interesting area. When we started looking at the demand characteristics that uh, corporate athletes face, um, you know, just like professional athletes, they have to perform under pressure, intense pressure. They have to really numbers drive everything in sport, and they do in business. Um, there's this brutal accountability in both worlds. You don't, if you don't perform, you don't play, and it's in both in sport and in business. And that next year's, uh, you know, kind of goals are really, uh, you know, uh, whatever you did to kill yourself last year is really what they're going to establish as baseline for next year, and that's the way sport is for sure. Laser to laser, I mean, really unbelievable focus uh, of, a, of one's energy and attention is required in, in both venues. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we began to realize that the way athletes do this, however, is they train for it, but executives often just kind of wing it. And we began to realize there are lots and lots of people struggling in that world and that we could apply a lot of the lessons that we learned in preparing professional athletes for the brutality of competition. We could actually prepare executives and even their families to help them deal with 
these extraordinary demands that they have and to really not to fumble the ball at critical points of execution. So there's a huge uh, connection there that most people don't really see. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, in sport, there's a reverence for the importance of taking care of your body. In the corporate world, the body is irrelevant. And unfortunately, that leads to some real problems because one of the biggest issues that we face is the sedentary lifestyle and that shuts down all the brilliance all the innovation and creativity if we're not moving the body was designed to move and when we don't understand that connection it can have really unfortunate sometimes fatal consequences well this uh, this is fascinating just uh, that connection and and uh, I love hearing how you have the dream job and and the passion in your voice and, and the, the connection just between the body and the mind and everything else um so as we talk about the power of the story, maybe make that link because right off uh, it may not uh, doesn't seem like it follows like a lot of books and stuff follow on. This seems a little different, but I imagine for you there it's all the next chapter. So talk a little bit about kind of the the power of the story and what do you mean by story and and how did you come about you know, then wanting to write this book about the power of story. Well, this is really part two of uh, the whole notion of engagement, understanding how to mobilize one's energy so that you're fully there at the moment of importance and you're not somehow multitasking, that your energy is right there. And what we found, you know, I spent thousands of hours listening to people's stories. Everybody has a story about their job, their boss, about their family, about money, about food, about exercise, about health, about trust, about friendships, about fame, all kinds of things. And what, what we, I began to realize, and we started collecting data on these stories and tracking people for very long periods of time, we began to realize the power that these stories had in people's lives. Um, they held tremendous power, and it was their own kind of interpretation. A story is simply my interpretation. It's the meaning I give to something. And uh, it's the way I organize my experience. Uh, And that story may or may not conform to reality, and it may or may not really help me navigate in life. All we know is for sure whatever version you got is going to be your reality and may, in fact, dictate whether you're successful or not in that venue. And the the only reality I ever know fundamentally is the the reality I create in my own story-making. And... uh, our stories ultimately become our destiny. And what I tried to do in this book was to demonstrate the power of story and the ability people have to change their stories. You change the story, and you have a chance of making a, a, a powerful course correction in your life, and uh, it's under your own self-direction. So uh, po- stories are very powerful, and people don't even know. It's like a fish in water. The fish is the last one to discover water. Um, and we're, sometimes we're in the middle of a story we don't realize it's the story we created that's actually the problem. I could not agree with you more heartedly in, um, in all of our work on the science of happiness. The story that a person tells about themselves is so important because it not only affects your own motivation and your own energy, but it impacts the people you're telling the story to. And I, I just love this this whole idea uh, that you've been sharing. It's wonderful. Great. Well, so let's move into um, <clears throat> some of the questions that we have this about as we begin to craft our stories. You know, what rules do we need to follow? And then, you know, what are the foundations 
you know, for the, and these are taken from your book, uh, the three rules of good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, first of all, you need to recognize that the way in which we view the world is pretty much under our own uh, direction. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily consistent with the way the world really is. More important than really what happens to us at any moment is the story we create around what happens to us. And, you know, we, we know for sure that um, our stories, the better they conform to the real world. In other words, the more they reflect the facts. Um, we can get all kinds of faulty assumptions, all kinds of uh, misrepresentations in how we see things. We blow things up. We deny that certain things are there. And oftentimes we're not even fully aware that we're doing it. We just need to examine, first of all, is this really true? Is the story actually representative of the truth? We call it facing the truth. That's rule number one. Rule number two is, does this story, however we've crafted it, does it really take us where we want to go? Is it going to work for us? Is this story that I have around, let's say, food or money or my family or uh, friendships or love or intimacy... Is this version that I have, that I'm allowing my life to be somehow organized according to these ideas, is this actually going to take me where I want to go? Does it reflect consistently my deepest values and beliefs? Is it really who I want to be in the context of uh, whatever storm that I might be uh, facing at this time? So is it on purpose? Does it take me where I want to go? So the first one is... Facing the truth. The second one is, is it really consistent with my purpose in terms of where I want to go? And the third piece of a great story, does it inspire me to actually do whatever I need to to make sure that um, I'm going to succeed in an area that I know is important for me? So if it doesn't inspire me, if I just say I don't have time to exercise or exercises for, you know, for people who have a lot of extra time on their hands, and it really doesn't inspire you to do much, even though you know you value health, even though you know you uh, are really grossly um, negligent in terms of taking care of yourself, and that you may be, in fact, setting yourself up for a serious heart attack, and that you do not want that for your family. You don't want to be an example of a, of a, of a person who doesn't regard health in terms of the, the, the image you're leaving. So it's those three principles are the most uh, important principles in great storytelling, and we make those uh, cornerstones of uh, how people evaluate whether or not they're, they're on, a, on a good path with their stories. Now, you also talk about um, kind of five major subjects that, that people include uh, in their stories, work, family, health, happiness, mm-hmm. and friendships. So um, can you talk a little bit about how, how we begin to identify the dynamics of our stories and and how we kind of architect those so that we can start making sure that we have those three rules uh, understood. Well, it just really starts with, let's say, the, the story that you have around work. Um, you really take a look at, uh, you know, who are you as a consequence of this interaction with work? Are you becoming um, more pessimistic, more uh, agitated, more negative, more... Uh, accusatory, more defensive. Um, who are you becoming as a consequence of this interaction with work? And um, what is your what is the story you have around work? Um, is this actually a hundred percent true, or have you so crafted this that 
um, it really is cast in such a negative light that every single time you walk in there, every time you're in front of certain people, you can feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up, and you become the person you really don't want to become. You don't like who you are in the context of work so often. And then you stop and reflect, you know, who, what, what would be the person that if you were to look back in five years, who would you like to be in this situation? Who would you be that if you were to actually craft this in some way that you'd be very proud of the way you responded? And in fact, if you were watching from afar and your children, or you had some of the most important people in your life watching you, you know, respond in this environment, that you would, you'd be quite excited to let them see how you're handling it. And uh, so you're really trying to get, there's two navigational coordinates we have to have all the time in life to be able to navigate. One is, where am I now? And the other is, you know, where is it that I want to go? What is it? What is my destination here? And probably people would say in their work or their family, I want to be, I really want to enjoy myself. I want to contribute. I want to be positive. I want, I want to be a positive force in that environment, even though there might be some very toxic things happening. And that the more you craft an awareness of what it is that is going on in, in the real world here, the more you can begin to, um, craft a story that will take you in an entirely different direction. Um, so the first step is really raising awareness of what's happening now, and that's, uh, uh, and what is the story that you're currently telling yourself. We refer to this as your old story, the story that's filled with faulty assumptions and maybe uh, a view of the world that really is not, in your, is not taking you in a direction that you're uh, really for sure not going to end up where you want to go, uh, ultimately. And so uh, those, uh, uh, those dynamics of awareness here, raising it so that you, you're really 100% aware of what's happening is the first step. Well, we're going to come right back to that thought, so don't go away. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking now with Jim Lair, Dr. Jim Lair, the author of The Power of the Story. And we're just talking about old stories, new stories. And then one of the questions that we have uh, for you, Jim, is how can we out the, our fraudulent purpose? And then how do we really uh, find out the, the root of our life's purpose you know, to, and construct our ultimate mission and be 100% certain that we're correctly identified with most important to us. So that's a, that second part. I think people have an idea of what their, their mission is, and, but how do we know, you know it's accurate because they may be well, going down the wrong path? Mm-hmm. Well, we've had, we had years and years of experience with this. We, we began to realize that the, the most sacred ground we have is the ground that uh, – uh, connects us to our deepest values and beliefs and really um, organizes our life and uh, our investment of energy in very, very concrete and specific ways. But in order for you to know where you should be putting your energy as a human being, you have to kind of understand, really, what is it all about for you? And, we, you know, this, the most important story we will ever write is our own story, and the epicenter of that story is the purpose of your life. If you don't get your purpose right, everything else is, you know, is going to be in some way faulty. And so the most important step that we take in getting this uh, story of you to, to really uh, have the kind of traction that you want and uh, really move you is to get to, that, to get to that purpose. And so often we found that people have what, what we would refer to as a fraudulent purpose. Um, they have been very influenced in their thinking um, by everything from the media and all the hype and the money and the fame. And uh, we would get professional athletes all the time that would define success of their life in terms of becoming number one in the world as an Olympian or, or becoming number one in the world as a tennis player. And then after some real debriefing and, and actually challenging, they began to realize that if that's, what, if that's the legacy they left behind, it's quite shallow that there's much more to this than simply that's, that's a, it's a very nice thing to accomplish, but when it really comes uh, down to it, they begin to, re- they begin to realize that um, when they go to the end, and this is the only way you really can you know, get, a, get a handle on this, is to realize, number one, this life is going to end. And uh, you go to the end of your life, and you try to determine at the very end of your life mm-hmm. how, uh, what really would define um, the success of your life in the ultimate sense. Uh, listen to the eulogy that you would like to have um, about you. What is the, the message that you would like to leave for others in the context of the life that you lived? Um, and as you begin to delve more deeply into these issues, contemplating absolutely as frontal as you can the fact that this life will end and every second counts for something and the ultimate mission for which you define your life is the, is the most important statement you will ever make and is the center of your life story for sure, and we've got to get that right. 
So when a person finally gets that, this becomes, it's nuclear. It's the most powerful thing you can have in your life for driving engagement, for driving change. If you want to exercise in the morning and you link it back to that nuclear uh, purpose, you'll do anything. You will literally, um, you'll, you'll, you'll give your life for um, these values and beliefs. It was part of what my father gave me when he said um, the most important dynamic in anyone's life is your character, your integrity, and your honesty. And, you know, uh, some of the things that uh, he taught me um, when I look at my own ultimate mission, um, it comes to the surface as powerfully as anything. And there's no accomplishment um, in the outside world that I could ever balance against that in terms of value. So um, helping people to establish what we refer to as their ultimate mission Getting that really right is uh, an important step in getting their life story to work and actually uh, enabling them to build a story that um, really is going to have the architecture and the, uh, the depth and breadth that is going to be necessary for them to live a successful life. It is so inspiring to hear you talk about this. Um, I have uh, had the, um, I want to say the, honor of helping uh, a few celebrities through their divorces and knowing what their ultimate mission was, was mm-hmm. so important for them to live with themselves and their decisions after the fact. So this is such a um, an important core aspect of anybody's life, regardless of how famous they are or how they perceive themselves to be um, embraced by others. So uh, my, my question for you, Jim, is what impact uh, does does storytelling have on our performance and engagement of that performance, regardless of of who we are in the public domain? Well, I will tell you, the the story you have in this moment is the closest link you have to being engaged in what you're doing at at, at any time. That. We can create a story right now that disengages us, that takes us far away, that does not keep us in the present moment. And there's only one or two stories maybe that will keep us right here. But the stories um, help to, to bring us to what's important and mobilize our thinking um, and really help us to rally the right uh, chemistry, physiology, to perform at our best, to be inspired as opposed to threatened. The world is a very scary place. If we let the world, you know, kind of build our story for us, this is going to be nothing short of a of a of a terrorist ride. I mean, we can see the the financial markets collapse around us. You know, we can literally be um, under siege and have a sense that uh, the world is um, going to um, put us into this uh, crisis in life and. Uh, for which there might not be much of a response, so that we're in this fear state or very angry almost all the time. There is a story that confronts the reality of what's happening, but also allows us to have the spirit of optimism, a sense of adventure, a sense that we can handle this, and the innovation, the creativity, the optimism is real. It's not artificial. It's not a you know, pie-in-the-sky kind of um, ridiculous kind of uh, denial of what's happening. And that architecture that one builds is, is uh, something that most people have never really thought consciously of doing. And what we've learned here at the Institute, that the most masterful way to do that 
is to do it with your hand, is actually through writing your story, crafting it, rallying that private voice with all the sincerity that you can, and very deliberately kind of balancing out all these complex emotions and all this chaos, bringing a sense of order, a sense of a very clear um, insight into all of that chaos, and with, uh, with your hand, carve a, a way of thinking about it that will not victimize you, but actually enable you to be a positive force in finding your way and to navigate successfully through these troubled times. Well, so I can see how that would, would be uh, something that most people don't do. And so when, when someone comes to the Human Performance Institute, uh, this sounds like a place that you start. How long does that take? You know, or, and I'm sure everybody's different. Is it something that can be your story, but then you also have to have alignment with your family when you're dealing with family stuff? Maybe just talk a little bit about that. That you know that. Yes, yeah, so the, uh, the 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 time when executives come here um, and they sometimes bring their spouses and so forth. Um, it's a two and a half day program, and it's uh, there are many different components to this. There basically taught how to manage their energy physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. There is, mm-hmm. There's a gym. And we do a lot of exercise. We do a lot of different kinds of activities. But the most important activity uh, is the activity that, in terms of crafting this new story mm-hmm. is giving them opportunities to actually put this in writing with their hand. And uh, the writing of it, we know from all the data that we've collected uh, over almost three decades, it's almost a, has a mystical effect. It's much more important and powerful than talking about it. And uh, um, we, uh, we actually have uh, kind of a whole template for how people craft those stories, what are the kind of the, the ways in which people get the most out of their writing and so it's, a, it's an exercise. They write many versions of it. They actually will talk to their loved ones at home. They're crafting it. They're trying to find this balance of truth and purpose and inspiration as a way to kind of this becomes the script for their private voice moving forward in life. Their private voice, we've learned, is the master storyteller. And if we don't get the private voice properly trained, it runs amok. It's always crafting stories, and so often that private voice can become an internal terrorist and actually mm-hmm. create so much havoc, confusion, and emotionality that's really not constructive. And once we get that written form mm-hmm. and they commit to it, that private voice now has a script to follow, and it is amazingly powerful in terms of getting people to comply with new intentions, building new rituals, new habits that serve uh, the new story. Well. This is really exciting, and um, I certainly want us to dive into how these um, voices uh, can can make or break us. But what I want to do right now is take us to a quick break, and uh, if you'll indulge us for a second, Jim, and just hold that thought, sure. we will be right back. This is Leadership Development News. So it'll go away. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Jim Lehrer and uh, the power of story. So before the break, we talked about a few things and that you were alluding to, the private voices that we have inside of us. You know, how can we draw them out? And then it sounds like making that visible uh, for folks because it's the private story is there whether we're aware of it or not, and I'm sure that's a big distinction. So maybe we can talk about how do you draw out those, those private voices. You know, uh, we have... We have a public voice, which is what I'm speaking to you now, and then I have a voice that's not necessarily made public that is going on and speaking to me almost all the time. And we, uh, you know, we often say things publicly that we would never allow, uh, you know, this to be voiced. And um, there has been a long tradition in therapy to get people to, you know, to actually verbally take their public voice and to encourage them to, you know, be uh, courageous in summoning that private voice. And sometimes they're successful in doing it, and sometimes they're not. What we've learned through years of this, and this is also a researcher by the name of James Pennebaker at the University of Texas at Austin has been doing this for more than three decades now, and this brilliant researcher, and helping people to understand the the power of writing in summoning that private voice. And whoever owns the private voice, you know, owns the house. Um, the real power broker in a person's life is the voice we often don't think really has any um, real, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, uh, position in the game. Um, but it's it's really quite the opposite. Um, that voice uh, can be extremely dysfunctional, and it often reflects the input from authority figures in one's past, often a parent or both parents. And it was adopted in the best interest to try to be responsible. But so often the voice, even of the parents, uh, was not particularly constructive and often very, very... 
uh, harsh, maybe perfectionistic, and there could have been all kinds of prejudices and false premises and everything else. And that all got downloaded into your life, and now this has now become your voice. And what we try to do in all of this training is to help you find your voice, the voice that you're going to live with for the rest of it. It's the only voice that will be with you until you die. And once you get this voice right, it is by far the single most liberating thing that we've found in people's lives, that this becomes the ultimate coach. This is the coach that helps you find insight and hope and a sense of uh, sanity in the storm. It's the voice that kicks you when you feel like you need a real good push. It is the ultimate coach, and that voice can be taught. And we have learned the best way by far to teach and to uh, get someone to develop a voice that they can carry with them throughout a lifetime is using your hand and actually script it. We learned this in sport. Tennis players actually scripted the between-point time, and if they got into an, an you know, a bad line call or whatever it was in a, in a bad situation, they worked in advance to try to develop some way of processing that that would be in their best interest, most importantly with their private voice. And we ritualized it. And what we're trying to do here is to ritualize a new way for process, for the brain to process uh, these uh, brut- brutal moments that happen to us uh, that may f- get us to fly off the handle, become impatient, and that we're not proud of how we respond. But in the bigger picture, it actually gives us a chance to craft the story that we know is the story we want to live um, as long as we're here. So, so they actually, in the, like you're saying, for the tennis players, professional athletes, it's in between the performance. What are they saying to themselves? What's that internal exactly. story? Which really seems like uh, it goes down to the root of self-esteem. How do they estimate themselves? You know, what's the story? And uh, I often like to talk to folks, are they on their side or on their case? and use that analogy, just like you're saying, who's the coach? And, and, and is the coach who's demanding perfection, or is the coach who's on your side? So that's, that's a beautiful process. Yeah, we found that so many, so many athletes were actually fighting two battles. They're fighting their own battle with their private voice, and this voice is, is just accusatory. It's very uh, uncomplimentary. It's calling them stupid, idiot, dumbhead. And then they're fighting an opponent. So now they're actually waging a battle on two fronts. Once we get the inner voice appropriate, all of a sudden now we're waging only one battle, and it's the battle that should be waged um, to, to become the best competitor you can become. And uh, so it's a very interesting, and it's a complete waste of energy when you're fighting yourself anyway. So um, no one wins on that count. Just a quick question, Kathy, and then we'll jump to the other one. So, so how receptive are athletes and then even corporate athletes to that? I mean, I, you know, is it just a big aha for them that they can actually control that? Well, we put everyone here uh, on the, first of all, our, our history in sport has been so successful that, uh, you know, people die to get in here. So, and we've had such a long string of successes that uh, mm-hmm. people realize that this is a, quite a tradition that we have had here for many, many years. And then the corporate side, we don't ask uh, people to accept any of it. We ask them to test it over a 90-day period, and then we track them for 90 days. They establish a mission that they want to accomplish, and uh, we train the voice. We get the story. We, we get the old story, then the new story. We build rituals in support of that, and we get the, the private voice trained. They develop a training log system. They hold themselves accountable, and Within 90 days, they determine whether or not, number one, they completed that mission and were they able to make the course correction that they needed to 
under their own um, volition with this technology. And we are right now, we're at about 85% of all the people who come through here from all over the world with different languages and everything else, about 85% of the folks, in their own judgment, complete the mission. And uh, so it's very convincing. We don't ask people to accept any of it. We ask them to test it. Mm, okay. Well, this is, um, this is something that I have embraced in my own life. Uh, so as a testimonial to the fact that it works, um, I certainly celebrate everything that you're doing, Jim, and, and, uh, and certainly uh, have a great deal of respect and admiration for how you've been able to take something that is so um, deep and, and meaningful and make it so doable, which, which leads me to my question, and that is, why do we need to dive into our subconscious to get our current stories on the right track? Well, you know, we can't really control what we are unaware of. And so often people find themselves very defensive. They're very, you know, they're very kind of surprised at how, how sensitive they are and how defensive they get. And what that does is it almost always betrays that there are um, things that are bubbling beneath one's awareness that are problematic and that a lot of energy is being devoted to try to keep you from either addressing these because in your own mind this is going to lead to all kinds of chaos and pain. And uh, what we try to do is to have people actually go in with their hand and write some of the issues that put it on paper, which is much safer than maybe talking about it publicly, um, and actually go into that storm and try to create some rational understanding of it and to kind of embrace it in a way that is, you know, uh, it's somehow digestible. And what happens is those storms abate, and they're no longer uh, a black hole for energy. They're no longer, they, they don't, you know, kind of stay there and just kind of fret about it. They move on, but they recognize this was an area where they needed some work, and then they move on. And so we're not uh, suggesting that people go in and necessarily do deep therapy around this, but what we've learned is that, that when people become aware of some of these issues and they actually um, try to go in and create some sense of, uh, you know, either alignment or a sense of uh, kind of understanding, and then they move on very quickly to what they want. We're always pushing people to take where they are and to, and to create the architecture very similar to uh, the, kind of the third wave in therapy now, acceptance and commitment therapy, where they began to realize that purpose is where people need to be moving. And we have certainly confirmed that in our work for many years, started years and years ago doing that. And then once people get to that, uh, to that uh, new story, we've learned that the power of rewriting that story over the span of 90 days will have individuals write from scratch that new story um, uh, a maximum of six times. We've found that uh, you can probably get pretty good results at two writings, but six writings over 90 days, you're virtually assured that you're going to start processing in the brain differently when those situations arise, and hopefully this will be more aligned with what you want and enables your life story to kind of uh, hang together in a way that you're uh, very proud of, much more um, in keeping with your purpose and with your deepest values and beliefs, and uh, you feel better about yourself. So we've developed this, and it's, it's really uh, it's kind of an eight-step storyboarding process that is available for anyone who 
would like to take a look at it on our um, on our website um, and in the powerful engagement itself. It's all outlined there with lots and lots of tips, so that people can actually do it without a without expense. They can actually test it in their own lives, and uh, it's it's quite exciting for all of us here. It took us so long to get unearth this technology, and to think that uh, people can you know, make such progress uh, in terms of self-direction and self-regulation by doing something relatively simple. It does take some real hard work in a sense, but it's very doable and that people can transform kind of how they operate in the world. Well, Dr. Jim Lair, it's, it's been an amazing uh, conversation, and I think we can all reach you at www.hpiinstitute.com. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and the... Uh, the um thing that you just mentioned as far as in full engagement or people wanted to do this story piece, what, where is that? That's also That's all, You know, you can go to www.corporateathlete.com as well, and okay. it'll, go right, it'll come right up. You'll see the power of story. There's a whole coaching segment. It's all free and right. help people to write their story, to take the 12, I mean, the, the eight steps, and, uh, um, and uh, you, you have a, a pretty um, outline, precise kind of process that you follow. And, uh, That's great. Uh, I think... Uh, People will uh, will really find a value in uh, in following that whole uh, very simple uh, eight se- eight stages. Well, we hope that people will will do that. www.corporateathlete.com or www.hpi.com. Thank you very much, Jim. We really appreciate you. you did a wonderful job, and hopefully, our audience is going to get a, get a lot more out of it once they go to the sites. Well, I appreciate it, Kathy, and really that was uh, enjoyable for me as well, and I hope our listeners uh, found value as well. Great. Okay, thank you. This is Leadership Development News signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.